Because the whole world gone crazy! Just please, go nuts. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? I mean, really, explore the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. Well, 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 we are a beautiful animal podcast that you're listening to right now. Yeah, we are. Welcome back, you guys. Another week we're here entertaining your spirits, inflaming your hearts. Happy 420. Ha- oh, happy 420, beautiful animals This episode's out there. coming out on 420, which hey, is- Hey, we love it. Yeah. Today, we're going to celebrate the Day of Trees by talking about wild trees. Yes, sir. The book Humble, Wild Trees. Humboldt County Special. Anyway, this is Beautiful Animals Podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Tyler Cole. I'm one of the other hosts, Andrew and Bosch. And welcome. And are we are we so happy to be in these people's ears once more? Always. Whenever I can get myself into an ear, I like to do so. You know, just wiggle around a little bit. It's uh, always go, a good thing. Tell me more. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes if you... So thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> welcome joining us for another week. We are... Really happy to be returning, uh, and I'm really excited about this week because I haven't, uh, well, actually, I have read this book, but not in a long time. Yeah, so, so I what have we got today? I read this book. It's interesting trying to figure out how to put together an episode on a book because I'm like, if the book's good enough to be an episode, it's better read than listened to by us. So well, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, should I cut parts out or should I like, it's, I don't, don't want to spoil of, it or that. It's the art that, of the but... summary, dude. <laughs> exactly. The art yeah. of the summary. This is what we do. We're glorified summarizers. <laughs> yeah, we're doing. It is tricky, huh? Yeah. So. Yeah, well, let me, first, let me ask you a question. So we're, we're talk today we're talking about a book called, called what? Wild Trees. So this is about, um, this has to do with, this is literally about trees. This is, I mean, we, we joked that this is a weed episode, but it's, <laughs> it's actually about trees, right? Mostly redwoods. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, it's eucalyptus about these, in there. Yeah. People in this book are real tree nerds. It's just really awesome to read about, uh, yeah. the shit they're into. They just, they love, they love trees so much and they're trying to kind of bring knowledge of the majesty of the redwood to the general populace, right? Most of the first third of the book is like just introducing the characters and kind of their background, their, yeah. uh, like kind of goes through some stories of their childhood, how they got into the, into climbing. Tree climbing. Yeah. There's a couple of main characters that it follows, right? If I remember correctly, there's like one main guy more than anybody else kind of. Yeah, so the main guy is Steve Sillett. He's, That's right. He's like the expert now. Correct me if I'm wrong. At the time of the writing in the book, he's a respected naturalist oh, yeah. and ecologist. But the book details yeah, it's his kinda, history where he was kind of a fringe sort of scientist and naturalist. Exactly, yeah, and people s- didn't have much respect for what he was doing. Yeah, except the time, like when he started climbing or like when him and his homies started climbing, like nobody had ever entered the redwood canopy before. Right. And so it's just kind of- People didn't even know. Yeah, exactly. Like, people were like, oh, it's there, just, yeah. just trees and there's- right. there's they're just trees. Yeah, the life trees. is down here on the ground. Yeah. And then there's trees and they're tall. Yeah. And that's it. End of story. He ends up climb, like starting to climb first, kind of just using his like or uh, his like rock climbing techniques that he knows. And then yeah. kind of he ends up starting to climb with like logging spikes. Right. It's like spike shoes. And then like this group of arborists in Oregon hit him up and they're like, hey, you're, you're climbing like a filthy logger. Ah. <laughs> and then they taught him how to climb with ropes. They basically like shamed him into learning it. Nice. And they just show him like how much more agility and like minimize the damage to the tree and stuff. And is so that kind of where the story begins or does it, where does it start? I mean, it starts out like really early in the book. It like just gives a really graphic description of 
how you die falling from a tree oh and it's like, i remember this yeah, yeah it's called i think it's called the red line i think there's a red line and the when they were climbing red everest oh it was the there's danger the, zone or something like that the, the zone of death at twenty six thousand yeah. feet is the zone of death <laughs> yeah. yeah the red line is kind of the same thing it's only 50 feet the height the tree, above though. which you're basically almost you're, guaranteed to die yeah they goes, call it the red line yeah how often are people surviving 44 foot falls dude that's crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, i don't know right yeah yeah it's there is a guy that falls in the book oh and um, yes i remember this yeah it's pretty it, that's again another graphic description of we'll get there his we'll get him there. falling and stuff yeah. yeah i wasn't gonna go into a whole lot of detail about that because uh you know i don't want to ruin the book if anybody wants to read it the book uh your book we are book ruiners <laughs> yeah i guess you're right <laughs> that's what you don't think I ruined all the other books we did? <laughs> you know, right? That's the that's the struggle I'm dealing with here. Well, basically, when you fall, you end up head first. Your body the weight, top, yeah, yeah. The top half of your body weighs more, so more likely than not, you start falling head first, land on your face, mm. which crushes the skull, breaks the neck, destroys the brain, and shears the spinal cord off at the base of the skull. Right, instant death. Well. That's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. better, better than, than surviving, I guess. Better than surviving without yeah. a face. And if you do happen to land feet first, a shockwave will travel up your legs, breaking them in many places, shattering the spine, cutting the spinal cord. Right. The lungs will collapse, and they'll either be punctured by ribs or flattened, and they'll fill up with blood, and then you'll drown. Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, so that's like right So that's how first. we wanted to start. Yeah. Because we just want to start. <laughs> We're talking about people who climb tall trees. Bear in mind, this is the risk that they are yeah. undergoing and I thought at was, all times. I thought it was really cool that the book started with that, too. Like, Yeah. Well, know, they want to set the stakes. Well, yeah, that opening know? scene is like the first time that that dude, Steve Sillett, climbed a tree. It was like- Oh, he yeah. Really, he like had basically like just basic rock climbing yeah. skills. And so he like basically has to climb one tree and then jump from one to the next. Yeah. And then climb, scampers up to the top. And like as as he's going through that process, it's like- is he going to make this jump or not? Right. This is how he dies if he falls. And like, I love that opening chapter. Yeah. It just hooks you. Exactly, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. You're reading this and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Cause well, <laughs> what yeah. is this guy going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This book actually, it gives a really good definition of the word hubris, which I had a vague understanding of what it meant, but I didn't really have a, can I take a crack at it before yeah. you tell me the real definition? Well, I mean, I don't know if this is, I just like the definition that this book gives. Oh, uh, I know hubris as the pride before the fall. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, the book describes it as the violent and unnecessary human pride that tempts the gods to crush a man. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) way good. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That happened to me one time. I was riding my bike and I was like just really full of energy and verve and the joy, joie de vivre. (laughs) And I was like, I am huge. I am expansive. I am a young new god. And then my front wheel taco literally folded in half. Just like under your weight i don't know yeah. it just did and then i flew over the handlebars <laughs> that's fucked and i thought i had no idea what happened i just flew over the handlebars yeah. i was like what the fuck you must have hit something i walked back over I wa- that's what i thought yeah. i walked back it was nighttime i walked back over to my bike no nothing the the rim just gave way right then yeah. for no reason <laughs> it literally felt like god was just like Chill out. You dumbass. <laughs> Poked my yeah. fucking bike. Kind of a similar thing happened to me when I was riding my bike here yeah. Yeah. from work when I lived here. Yeah. So on the bike path and I'm like pumping. I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking fast. Yeah. And I look up and there's a deer right in front of me. Did you hit it? Yeah. Well, I kicked it in the head. <laughs> like, like I swerved and I literally said like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, 
the way I was standing, basically like my foot on the pedal hit it in the side of the head and it's all dunk. Oh, no way. <laughs> was was like, it okay? Yeah, it's fine. Just a little dunk in the head. <laughs> was your foot okay? Yeah, it's fine. Good little foot I got. So that's hubris. Those are two good examples. <laughs> two very good examples <laughs> yeah. of hubris. Yeah. The violent and unnecessary human pride that tempts the gods to crush a man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The earlier parts of the book are fun because, like, they're not doing it scientifically. They're more just doing it just for fun. They call it ninja climbing. They, like, go yeah. out there and, like, park the cars in the bushes and then, like, climb up there. Yeah. And then camp overnight. And I used to climb trees a lot. Yeah. You got a tree in your yard that you climb. Yep. Yeah. I've never been a very good climber of trees because... uh I'm a big old fat guy. Like, this dude just likes to climb trees and kind of made it his job. I yeah, think. exactly. So, yeah, once Steve Sillett, the main guy there, he's, he's the methods that he kind of learned from the arborists in in Oregon uh-huh. were kind of using more ropes, and they call it skywalking. He has a lot of, they're able to, like, basically fly, and they're just, like, kind of just swinging around. and Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot more agility than they have with the, with so the spiked boots. They actually just, instead of having spiked boots, they're just using kind of tension to hold themselves against the trees. I think they have like one main rope that they shoot up there with an arrow or a slingshot oh. or something and then wrap it around the main one branch that they can get I and then see. they climb up there and then have yeah. a couple other ones they use kind of as Spider-Man style to like yeah, grab stuff. Yeah, to move around. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It like describes the, the use of one of the ro- one of the techniques they use is like basically has kind of the same function as a monkey's tail to like kind of grab yeah. balance and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they camp up there with some sky boats. Who, who are these? These are just random. So this guy, Steve Sillett, just runs into these random arborists and they're teaching him this stuff? They, they taught camp him. Camp in skyboats? Yeah. He kind of took their methods and then developed his own techniques. Yeah. He meets a guy in Humboldt named Michael Taylor who is- uh, He's a pizza guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he worked in like a convenience store or something. But yeah. Oh. He said, I think he ate a bunch of frozen pizzas at the convenience <laughs> yeah. store. He and he- uh, But yeah, he, he had like a completely debilitating fear of heights. So he like- He wouldn't climb the trees. Right. But he- for whatever reason, he just got obsessed with like hiking around and finding. He wanted to find the tallest tree. Oh yeah! And so he's like measuring them with like with a like sextant a, or something, right? He got first he had like a clinometer, and then he got a, a surveyor's transit and lasers. Oh, just a little, yeah, he had a surveyor's like, transit. Yeah, he was the gadget guy. He had all the yeah. He was the fucking uh, Lucius Fox to <laughs> Steve Sillett's Batman. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see Batman. There's a pop reference. <laughs> but yeah, he he's like he's like that biggest tree in the world is out there somewhere, and I'm gonna hike yeah, around I'm and find, find it. it. Yeah. And so he he refers to it as the Moby Dicks of the vegetable kingdom, which yeah, I, <laughs> which I totally. love. Totally <laughs> big yeah. old Moby Dicks. Yeah. So um, he's he spent like I don't know most of the night early '90s hiking around the redwood forest and in, Ar- in, in Arcata and around there, like Prairie Creek and I don't know. Just oh, around, yeah. There's all those redwood Parks. forests up there. Yeah. But he like hiked around and found all the some groves of big old trees. Super and tall. Once trees. him and Steve started. We're talking about out. redwoods mostly. How tall they get? The well, there's three different size redwood trees that are referred to in this book. There's big. Yeah. There's large. Yeah. And there's giant. Okay. Like the giant ones. That so he, they don't use like tall venti and grande. They use different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got their own big tall giant. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. They, the the biggest ones they usually max out around 370 feet. Damn. And I th- uh, the tallest Fuck. known. 370? Because, like, aren't the tallest ones around here, like, 200, 220? I have no idea. The ones, like, here. I've Like, uh, Armstrong Woods. Yeah, I think, so. I don't know. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but they. I'm curious. I'm going to look it yeah, up. But Yeah, Hyperion is the tallest one. It's somewhere in, I think, I think in Prairie Creek or. Isn't it location, like, kind of hidden? Yeah, they don't. Yeah. That's what they, they talk about in the book a lot is, like, they don't want people to know the exact location unless you're measuring them like this guy does. He Like, with his, uh, with his gadgets, you can't really tell which ones yeah. are taller from the ground. Yeah. They all kind of look the same. 
Oh, fuck, dude. The Colonel Armstrong tree yeah. is 308 feet tall. Damn. You know, I've always lived in a place my whole life <laughs> where there are 300 foot tall trees. I know, right? Yeah. And it's just normal? And it's normal. And then people come out here and they're like, holy fuck. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just some trees. Yeah, this is how trees grow. And then you're somewhere else. You're like, look at all these bushes. Look at <laughs> these <me."> bushes. <laughs> Why aren't there any trees around here? Where are all the trees at? Yeah, it was fun reading this book. You'd know, be like describing the parts of a tree and stuff. And I'd just like look out my window and look at it. I'm like, oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> There's one. There. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, which wasn't this great because like the ones around my house are like really all hacked down by the power company to keep the branches from falling on the. We don't want to start fires. But we do like trees. Um, Made me want to take another trip up to Humboldt. I haven't been up there in at least two years. Yeah, man. I, so, I want to go. Yeah, <laughs> so I can go. Yeah. Oh, we should go up there and we'll record an episode. In a tree. In a tree. We should go interview Steve Sillett. Oh, we could. Probably could. We'll be like, we want to be on our podcast. And he'd be like, only if you climb <laughs> a tree with me. And then we'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, they're all, I mean, it seems like, yeah, like a 300 footer seems like a pretty common one. But like but all the really tall ones are like 370. And they usually... Yeah. The tallest known one is 380 feet. It's theorized that they, uh, the physical limit of a tree mm. based on like the physics of the ability to bring water from the ground all the way up. Oh, yeah. Somebody calculated it to be about 420 feet. 420 again. 420? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. But yeah, like who knows? Somebody in fucking Humboldt State calculated it. <laughs> exactly. But that's like the physical on earth. The, some, the physical limitation for height of a tree is 420 Based on feet. Some, some dude calculating it based on like siphoning or whatever the fuck that's crazy mechanics spring water to the top of the tree yeah but yeah they uh, they're probably taller ones before because like they i mean there's a fraction of the redwood forests that there used to be oh yeah and the people that cut them down they didn't they were measuring them they were just no i'm them. sure there were so, some yeah from 400 plus trees yeah that's wild man i mean that's fucking crazy that is really tall i mean fuck 420 feet but yeah there's some big ass trees i have here in my notes sequoia semper virens aka Redwood fucking trees. <laughs> yeah, the fossil record suggests that they were redwood-like trees as far back as 280 million years ago. 280 million years yeah. ago? Everywhere. Like Antarctica, France, fucking everywhere. Wait. <laughs> oh, so dinosaurs hung out with redwoods. Yeah. 280 Redwood, million. Or redwood-like trees. The dinosaurs, modern redwood is right. about, probably about 50 million years. Oh. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like, yes. So 280 they, million years ago... Was before a lot of dinosaurs were alive. Yeah, the uh, the asteroid impact that triggered the mass extinction, yeah. killing the dinosaurs. Yeah, sixty five million years ago, it was the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event, mm. killed seventy five percent of living species. <laughs> Redwood trees didn't give a fuck. Seventy five percent of living species. Yeah. I actually thought it was worse. I mean, that's that's really bad. Yeah, I mean that's an estimate. Nobody fucking knows. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, T Rex <clears throat> turned into chickens, man. Yeah, just think about what's gonna happen to us. How old did the How old do redwood trees get? Somewhere between twelve hundred and twenty two hundred years. Is that it? Uh, that's that's like our best guess at this time, but we don't 2200? know. Twenty two hundred. Yeah, it could be more. Probably more. It's what is it? The uh, sugar cone pine or something? Bristle cone pine. Because I remember there are some trees alive right now that were alive when the pyramids were built, mm -hmm. which is like two thousand BC. Yeah, I think I feel like there's. I feel like those are the big old fat short trees. Yeah, I think those are bristle. They get cone real pines. wide. But yeah, the reason that they like climbing the trees. I mean, this guy, Steve Sillett, was kind of obsessed with it, though, right? Yeah, they find, there's just, like, a crazy amount of biodiversity. Like, he found, like he, I think that first, like, free climb that he did, he was, like, he was, like, grabbing shit and putting it in his pockets just to, like, right. study it later. And, yeah, Reminds all these, like, crazy... Humboldt, dude. Alexander von Humboldt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he's fucking around to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he was just in love with the... Yeah. ...the diversity of the natural world. Like, mm -hmm. he saw shit like that, and he's like, oh, my God. 
look at this thing that's growing alive. <laughs> yeah. Which is how we should all be, man. Yeah, they refer to it as a, as a coral reef in the air. Which is one of the most biodiverse places on the planet, coral reefs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's lichens and ferns and berry bushes that they find. Full on ecosystem. Full on other right? trees just growing out of a tree. Right, because the, the, the immensity of a redwood crown, like the sheer like vastness of it, allows for soil to develop. Yeah, there's in the canopy the soils up canopies. there. Like big trunks will grow out of the side of the trunk. I mean anywhere from like ten to two hundred other trunks will be growing out of that same. Growing vertically main trunk. out of a horizontal trunk or something. Yeah, yeah. and they're like in the pockets between them or where one of them breaks off and there's like a dead stump growing there. Right. Those, spot, those spots fill up with water and they're or, and or like just hold water. And detritus, and, which yeah, just and, turns into soil. Exactly, yeah. And there's yeah. like... Humus. Pads of moss will be like, will just hold water. Right. And like, yeah, they, they would like find salamanders up there, like 200 right. feet in the air. And right. like, if salamanders not going to climb up there and I mean, almost certainly live their entire lives up there. Right. And they, if they dry out, they'll die. So, like, how would they... Yeah, they must... And, yeah. and nobody knows how they get reproducing. There. I mean, it's yeah. like one can assume one was picked up by a bird or yeah. some shit and, the, and survived yeah. and then started a whole salamander village up yeah. on the top of a tree and now it's a granddaddy yeah. salamander and it's got grandkid salamanders <laughs> and they're having kids and exactly. their kids are having kids and it's a ridiculous Russian doll situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how small could they get? Yeah. Yeah, there's even, like, like roots will grow out of the top of the tree. And yeah. like plant themselves in, that, in the soil in the soil on the top of the tree, basically like. Okay, so this is how a redwood tree could get even taller than four hundred twenty feet. <laughs> oh yeah, because if, <laughs> if it's getting its mid height soil layer yeah. fed by other smaller trees, then it can go even taller and because then, it's not pulling water from all the way at the bottom. And it's creating a reverse Russian doll situation. Right. Bigger and bigger. It's getting bigger. So then you have a little tree with a bigger tree on top of that with a bigger tree on top of that. It's like an inverse pyramid scheme. I was just going to say that. <laughs> upside down pyramid scheme. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good description in the book of how they grow. It's like, it refers to trees as unconscious, self-directed life forms driven into their elaborate shapes by the programming of their genetic code and their response to sunlight, wind, water, accidents, fire, insects, disease. You can say the same thing about me, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically. In fact, like, we're gonna talk all about next episode how that yeah. unconscious tree. Oh yeah. Is just as unconscious as you and I, dude. How nine, at least ninety percent of what has shaped us into the beings we are, the beautiful animals we are today. <laughs> yeah. Has been unconscious and not conscious. We've just been shaped by wind, fire, bugs. Dogs. Favorite colors. Colors, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Secret admirers, all that shit. And how maybe we don't actually have any choices. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, we're going to talk about that stuff. So Steve Sillett. Yeah, him and Michael Taylor started hanging out. And so once, was he going to Humboldt State? I don't remember. I think he started teaching there. Oh, he was teaching there. Yeah, he had, the like graduated, he, he had graduated from Oregon and then like was kind of not sure what to do oh, other, than, right. other than climb trees. So he ended up working... At Humble State, I don't know if he was teaching. Oh or if right, he was, he was like, up in Oregon. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he spent a lot of time. But once him and Michael Taylor started hanging out, they uh, Michael Taylor was able to show, like, take him around to different spots. Yeah. And so like, because like, yeah, he had his measurements what that he got with his instruments, but the only way to really know the exact, the yeah, they're not there, real precise. Yeah. You got to get there and drop a tape down. Right. So yeah, he, he would take him to the tree and then just kind of hang out on the ground and watch him climb. Watch Steve climb yeah. it. <laughs> so they ended up having a pretty good partnership in that yeah, way. Yeah. And both just trying to find the tallest trees, basically. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's like some descriptions of some like super rugged hikes they go on and they're like, right. 
lost in the woods and they're looking at these maps and there's like it even says in the map like probably not accurate yeah <laughs> it's like because nobody's going down this yeah canyon. exactly no and one's trying to fit like go down this crazy steep canyon and yeah. then go up the other side yeah steep climbing and mike using instruments yeah and there's like other people in the other people in the story kind of popping in and out yeah steve ends up marrying one of the other characters named marie antoine who lets him eat cake <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. yeah that joke's never gonna get old Marie Antoine. Yeah, she's uh, she was a botanist and studying some of the same lichens that he was looking at. She took a lichen to Steve Sillett. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, she, he teaches her how to climb because she was needing to get up there and nice. study her lichens. And then they get engaged in a tree. They get married in a tree. Oh, wow. There's even a section describing how they have sex in the tree. I thought it was funny because they're like, of course, a reader would ask. They probably had sex in the tree. Why didn't they talk about it? So he had to throw up a paragraph in there. It's kind of a description of the logistics of how. <laughs> it's like, Mike, how does Richard Preston know all the inside deets? He just interviewed Steve him, I Marie. guess. Yeah. yeah, he either had a bunch of interviews or a pair of binoculars. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like because you have to take your your safety gear off, so yeah. it's like pretty dangerous. And then to bone. Yeah, so they had like a Worth hammock it. and another hammock below it. The feeling of pure risk. Yeah. They take their, their honeymoon over to Australia to climb some eucalyptus, eucalyptus trees. Now, let me ask, are eucalyptus trees more dangerous or less dangerous to climb? Than well, those? they're from Australia, so what do you think? I think they're more dangerous. Uh, in true Australia fashion, they go try and climb those trees and everything's trying to kill them. Yeah, the trees are just full of dead shit that falls. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're like... Eucalyptuses are just, like, constantly sloughing off their bark. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're like, just, like, barely anchor on full them. of killer bugs and shit. And, like... Right. Yeah, this, like, at the end, they're about to climb a eucalyptus tree and, like, standing there, like, looking up at all the dead shit that's, like, how dangerous it is. And, like, yeah. as they're looking up there, there's, like, leeches crawling up their legs and, like, falling out of the tree onto them. They're like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. How tall the eucalyptus trees get? I think... I think the eucalyptus... Here's my guess. 320, 330 range. But not quite into the 370s. The one that they climbed was 298 feet. That's super tall. I mean, tall. that's no 370, but yeah. that's uh, really freaking tall. Yeah, especially with uh, you know shit falling on them. And one other another thing that makes it dangerous is as they're climbing with their rope, if something does fall, it gets caught on the rope, which basically directs that straight at them. Yeah, and like there's nowhere to go other than up up or down the rope. So like they're yeah, basically you're fucked. Kind of screwed. Wikipedia says eucalyptus regnans also known as the mountain ash, can grow to a height uh, between 230 to 374 feet. So they get married and they live happily ever after? Pretty much, yeah. This, this guy, the ro- the author, Richard Preston, he doesn't enter the book till like the very end. Right. And he meets up with them and then he's like, hey, I've been kind of learning how to climb. Yeah. And he's like trying to get Steve to like, hey, let me take climb, me climbing with you. Yeah. And Steve's like, I don't know, you can. You're a noob. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you out there, but you got to stay on the ground. He basically like sneaks into Steve's garage and like looks at his gear. I mean, he was, like, staying at Steve's house and then, like, sneak, snuck into the garage while they were out yeah. getting pizza or whatever. Figured out the gear. He, like, yeah, looked at his gear and, like, when he when he got home, he, like, kind of copied the gear and then, like, yeah. learned how to use it at home. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he actually goes to Australia with them to oh, climb wow. that one big tree. So he's there in when person they're... at that scene with all the yeah. leeches and stuff. Um, Far out, man. Yeah. We should have smoked some doobies while we were doing that one. <laughs> yeah. 420, bro. Yeah. Steve Sillett, Marie Antoine, the story of their love and mutual infatuation for giant ass trees and the lichen within. Yeah, when I was reading, because in the beginning there's like, you know, all the chapters uh, describing. Split timelines. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, they're like, 
introducing the characters. Yeah. And I think I think it was Michael Taylor's chapter. Like the way I don't know, just the way it was written, I was like, oh shit, he's gonna die because it was like most. It was like, oh, his parent, family described him this way, blah blah. blah. Yeah. Like it wasn't much. It was kind of like a lot more third or like secondhand mm-hmm. information. As opposed to like direct interviews. Yeah, so I yeah. kind of like saw that as foreshadowing that he was going to die, but he didn't. Yeah, and also he, he was like. He just a... didn't talk to him because he was a recluse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. He's fiercely private. He did end up climbing a tree. I think he went to Australia with Marie Antoine and Steve on their. They went, they went to Australia for their honeymoon. Yeah. And he met him there for a couple of days or whatever, or, or just went on. I don't know. Yeah. Went with him and. He's like, okay, I'm going to climb one of these eucalyptus trees. And then he's like, nah, he like bitches out. Yeah. And then like they make up sign a contract like at a, like as they're getting dinner. He's, they're like, they like write up a little you thing. Can't like, bitch I, out, Michael, Michael Taylor, Taylor we're going to climb a tree and I'm going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he does end up doing it. I don't, I don't think he likes it. And he doesn't like it. Yeah. I think the book was released in 2007. In, tw- in 2006, they found the what is now understood to be the largest tree, which is called Hyperion, 380 feet tall. 380 feet tall? Yeah. Yeah, and they there's like a I don't know they, I think they made a documentary of it of, of like them discovering it and then climbing it of Stephen Marie doing and, uh, it and Stephen Mike? yeah I think oh what the fuck is that called let's watch it I think it's on National Geographic I don't know what it's called what? well that was really cool T oh thank you thanks for telling us about the wild trees yeah. by Richard Preston I didn't want to go into too much detail about the book because I would <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, you, it's definitely you, worth reading your goal was to create a teaser trailer for the exactly book for other people. Yeah. Then go read. Whereas exactly. my goal is usually to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Drive down which book I guess, sales. Which I guess is a better better product. Hey, well, <laughs> instead, guys, just go go pick it up. It's called The Wild Trees. It's by Richard Preston. It's an older book, so I'm sure you can find it somewhere used. And don't buy it on Amazon if you can avoid it. And yeah, yeah. it's a really good book. I read it a number of years ago, and I was immediately just enchanted by it. Anyway, we both, uh, this book comes highly recommended by Beautiful <laughs> Animals Podcast. It sure does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we do a fortune cookie? Well, at the end of the episode, we like to open a little fortune cookie. Oh, here, there you so, go. Uh, Way ahead of me. I got my little app. I'm going to open it up, and we're going to open one of them. Your dreams are worth striving for. Dude, hell yeah. That's actually a good one for this episode. Yeah, because these people, they really, uh, they really wanted to climb some trees. They dreamed about it, and they fucking did it. And they want, some of them wanted to find the biggest trees, and they found them. Dude, I mean, for they, real. They, they strived, they strove. They strove right on up a tree. You're just striving along. Doo, 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 striving. Doo. Then you strive right up. Yep. Strive right up the tree. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a good one for this episode. You know, um, read the book, guys, because it's a super good book, and the guys are awesome. They're absolute, utter tree nerds, the guys and the gals featured in this book. Steve Sillett, Richard Preston. Marie Antoine. What is his name? Mike Taylor. Yeah. Really fun story, really fun characters, uh, all true, all real. Steve Sillett's still alive, so. Yes, he, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think now he teaches it. Humboldt. At, at Humboldt, yeah. But I think he also So did check it out, man. A little <laughs> a little piece of contemporary magic about some of the giants, giant living things that we share this world with. Yes, sir. A real Another, beautiful animal a real of beautiful a tree. Animal. Yeah, dude. Animals are trees. Trees are animals. Yeah. Where does one organism begin and where does the next end? We're all, we're all one. <laughs> yes. So hey, join us again next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, as always, we love you so much. Feel free to send us some feedback at, uh, what, do, what do we got here? Oh, yeah, we got the beautiful animals podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Also, if you feel like sliding on up into those DMs yeah, off the, yeah. the Instagram there, Swing we've got on in there. beautiful.animals.pod on Instagram. So go check it out and uh, tune back in next week. We're going to be we're starting another series on um, some interesting, other yeah, interesting Some bullshit. weird shit, so, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. It should be fun. We it's like good. we like weird shit and we like having you listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, All drink right, a little bit of water. Stay yeah. hydrated. Don't forget to juice it. I had a wild weekend and I drank a lot of water. That's why I'm still alive. Yeah, he got. <laughs> it wasn't that wild, but uh, went wild up in the biggest little city on earth. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Uh, did you juice it? Yes, I juiced it. Yeah. I always juice it. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. I mean, <laughs> juice it. There was something else I wanted to say to you. <laughs> juice it, drink it, be it. Live your best life. Smell it. Oh, I said love what you do to you today. Oh, no, just today. Yeah, it's like a tagline to juice it. Nice. Yeah. Every day is a gift from God. <laughs> Dude, every day is a gift from God. Right, Bodie? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was going to say blue. I was going to, if I had yeah. guessed, I would have said blue. But I also, it made me think, like, do adults have favorite colors? <laughs> right. I mean, mine's always been blue, but, like, lately, lately, I mean, the past five years, I mean, a little bit more of green, but I don't know if it's overtaken blue yet. My favorite color, like, had you asked me as a child, here, you want to hear the whole saga of my yeah. favorite color? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because in, in first grade, <laughs> my favorite color was red. But the girl I liked's favorite color was also red. Mm. And I didn't want anyone to think that I liked her. So I said my favorite color was blue. <laughs> and then I was on all these lists where it was like, uh, you're in the blue. Like, there, we the class was basically divided into blue and red. Yeah. And I was on the blue team because yeah. I said my favorite color was blue, but yeah. actually my favorite color was red. That's how I operate now. If a girl says she's into something and I'm into her, i like, fuck yeah. that shit. That shit is dumb. I hate that stuff. It's stupid. the stupidest color. Yeah, it's dumb as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. So, but before that, I think my favorite color, when, like when I was really little, was brown. Yeah. And but then I thought like the poop connotation oh, yeah. made me switch to red. <laughs> oh, that's why you why you picked and brown then, in the first place. And then I switched. So then I f- my <laughs> fake favorite color was red, because my real favorite color was brown. My f- my new favorite color because of the connotations of brown, like which was my innermost favorite color. Yeah. Was red because red's like my second runner up. Yeah. But then I didn't want anyone to think I liked this girl. So it became blue. So I had three layers. <laughs> of, Very complicated of, person you of are. Of lies, yeah. <laughs> to sort of define who I was. <laughs> the first lying to myself was a, was a unsolicited It was just for yourself. Self. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there was... Self-like self, self yes, denial like, thing, There's right? the true self. Yeah. And then there's the false true self. Yes, the false true self. And, and then, then there's, there's the external the, self. The external self. Which is blue. And remember, the first <laughs> falsehood was based on... Uh, self-criticism like just yeah, criticism not wanting to be life. associated with poop yeah but no one had ever said anything to me but it was just me looking at myself criticizing <clears throat> myself changing myself yeah. to get around the criticism i had just put on myself so that's layer one yeah. and then layer two was a perceived exterior thing <laughs> but still not anything really <laughs> <laughs> yeah but more perceived as an external threat anyway so then my favorite color was blue uh-huh. And then at some point, maybe second or third grade, I announced that my favorite color had become green. You came out, oh, 
He yeah. came out of the closet as green. Yeah, I became so was a that, green. That was your actual favorite color at that time? Um, yes, I think so. I think it green grew on me. Yeah. You know? Cool. That's what's, what it's been doing to me. I, yeah, and then green was my favorite color. Yeah. I, I still love brown. Yeah. Blue and red are for chumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. And I also love orange. Orange was my uh, grandfather's favorite color. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that, I think, until he died and people, like, we put orange things in his grave. These chairs are orange. I know. I and, love orange. Yeah. And, I, and it just made me love orange. Orange and brown go together pretty well. Orange and brown are great. In a very yeah. 70s way. Yeah, or, like, orange, brown, and cream. Forest green, like emerald green, is probably like dark deep green. Yeah, probably my favorite. But anyway, so that's how um, that's how insecurity <laughs> results in a very complicated personality phenotype. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember <laughs> one time uh, after Sean and Mandy's wedding, we were like just out. I was just out in the woods, like at the at this cabin. Yeah, and Molly's mom was there, mm. and she's all looking out the window, and she's like, "Man." There's so many different shades of green, and they all look good together. <laughs> That's and we're true. all like, "Yeah, it is." And then she's because she's just looking at the trees. Yeah. And she's like, "Can you imagine that there are people out there whose favorite color is something stupid like blue?" <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny commentary. That's hella funny, dude. Um, I do feel like blue and red are like if your favorite color is blue or red, you're pretty shallow. They're fucking primary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's their primary ass favorite colors. Yeah, I mean, the, mine's blue. like, you're kind of a basic bitch. Yeah. Like, if your favorite color is taupe, you're trying too hard. But if your favorite <laughs> color is, like, blue or red. Oh, like, it's like, somewhere between a lavender and Yeah, a, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. Just choose, like, green and purple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I mean, what it made me think of when he asked me that was, uh, I mean, I don't really have a favorite color. <laughs> like, I don't right. ever think about yeah. one color, and I'm like, oh, that's... It depends on the, what, what it is. what like, it is on, yeah. What, like, what color car I'd buy would be totally yeah. different than, like, what color... Like, I paint a wall in my house. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. Or what color notebook I want to write in, or what color bandana I want to have for my first karate tournament. Yeah, <laughs> those are all very unique colors. Yeah. Situate color context situations. 